You're listening to a Sun Life podcast. We pray that you be blessed by the teaching of God's word. For more information, visit sunlife.org.au. Enjoy the sermon. It's so good that um, we could be a home for our missionaries. I caught up with the head of YWAM during the week and uh, we're talking about uh, how the partnership with Sun Life Church and YWAM can continue to grow. And um, it's just great that even though the, the, the season may only be six months in Perth or a year or more, that we as a church, we want to be your family, we want to be your community. We want to encourage you to keep following Jesus. We want to champion you on. So, yeah, I'm just excited to see what God is doing amongst uh, the YWAMers and Sun Lifers. Uh, it, it sounds a bit like a, a collab between Sun Life, you know, cross YWAM. And it's excited where God's going to lead uh, both organizations in the years to come. So, well done for those on DTS going out there, reaching people, and coming back here safe and sound. And just sharing with us the amazing testimonies and stories. Um, my name is Ben, and I'm the pastor at Sun Life Church. And this morning here, I, I get the chance to open up the Word of God and, and, and preach to you as always. Um, you know, many years ago, they did an experiment, uh, an experiment where they want to test if people would fall under the pressure of peers. And what they did was they had three lines uh, on the board. Uh, as you can see, probably the three lines here on the board, and they had... Ten subjects in a room. Ten subjects in the room. And they had to figure out which of the three lines, A, B, C, is the same length as the target line. Now, obviously, if we look at this, let me ask you, hands up if you think A is the same length as the target line. Hands up, anyone? No one? Great. How about B? B Is B the same? How about C? Is C the same? Right, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious, right? So in the experiment, what they did was they had 10 subjects, 10 people in a room, and the researchers actually told nine of the subjects that when they pointed to B, put your hand up. And there was one individual who was not part of this. And they found out that 75% of the time, the individual would put up the hand, look around and realize that they were the only person with their hand up and then quickly pull their hand down. They did the, the experiment that found out that 20, uh, 75% of the time people would do that because they would rather right, follow the crowd than be correct. There was this fear of, I guess, being the odd one out. It was, if, it, was, it was if peer pressure was more important and it was just really telling them what they should do, how they should behave. And it's interesting because in life, I think as Christians, right, we're going to live in a society where the world may be saying something that is against what we believe, against our moral compass, and at that point in time, we are called to be courageous. Amen. We are called to say, wait a minute, I don't believe in this. I believe in the authority of Scripture, and I believe that this is where the line is drawn. Amen? 
So this morning here, what I want to do is I want to talk about facing fears and how we are called to walk in courage. Because I believe as a community, God is allowing us to get through this pandemic and He's calling us back now as followers of Jesus to live courageously in this new year. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to uh, Joshua chapter 1. That's in the Old Testament. Uh, Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 to 9. Please turn your Bibles out. You can get the church app out if you want to. And I'm going to read the Word of God before I expound the Word of God. So here, here's the Word of God. Joshua 1, verses 1 to 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, that's the Jordan River, you and all this people into the land, that's the promised land, that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness to this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the lands of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Verse 8, This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And verse 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's the word of the Lord. There are three things that I see in the text that will help us to walk in courage in 2023. And maybe for some of you, this is a message to help you to walk courageously. The three things are this. God's perfect timing, God's promises and presence, and God's powerful word. In the text. So let me pray and let me unpack those three things to help us live courageously this year. Father, I pray now that as we study your word, your spirit will be our great teacher. I pray, God, that you'll teach us wonderful things. And as we learn together, we are not just hearers, but we're also obedient to be doers of your word. I pray, God, that if there's any fears facing us, that this morning through your word, you'll give us the courage to overcome those fears and to live courageously this year, to do your will, to bring glory to you and good to those around us. So right now, as we study your word, would you be upon me, your servant, to help me teach your word well? And may we hear and may we listen carefully and may we obey your word. Bless this sacred time. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Are you ready? Okay. In the text, we notice that the timing is a bit weird. It's not ideal, because if you look carefully in the text, 
right? Moses is the great leader of Israel. He is the one who has taken them out of Egypt. He has been the one caring for them for 40 years. For some of them, he is the only leader that they know. Because some of the Israelites were born in the wilderness 40 years, that's four decades, and Moses is the only leader that they know. And the text tells us that he's what? Dead. He's no longer alive. And I'm thinking, as I was reading this during the week, surely, surely there should be at least a few weeks, maybe a month of mourning, celebrating the life of Moses. You know, the Queen of England passed away and there's a period where we just mourn and we reflected on her life. And, and here Moses is a great leader. Is that right? We should be reflecting on his life, celebrating the, the life of Moses. There should be a time of silence. But that's not what we see in the text. As soon as Moses dies, God immediately turns to Moses' assistant, Joshua. Look in verse 2. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise. Joshua, get up. Get over it. Go over the Jordan River. You and all these people into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Can you see that? Now, now let's slow down for a second. Here is Joshua. The text tells us that he is what? Moses' assistant. He's a young man. He's been watching Moses. He's been learning from Moses. And he hears God say, you arise. You take the lead. You go over. You take the people over to the other side. And Moses is probably like, I'm not ready for this. I'm still a rookie. I'm, I'm young. I need another few more years. I need to get the skin to be a bit more thickened to lead your people. This is not the right time, God. Have you ever heard the voice of God and God tells you, go now, do it now, lead now, serve now, reach the people now, evangelize now. And then deep down, we're like, God, I'm not ready yet. I'm not that mature yet. God, you don't know what I did last month. I'm not worthy. I'm definitely not qualified. I'm too busy. I need to get a few things in order first before I do it. This is not the right timing. You've ever been through that before? Where you're saying, God, I know what you want of me, but it's not the right timing because I have to wait until I'm ready. And we don't see that in the text. We did not see that dialogue between Joshua and God. And Joshua knew that when God spoke, the timing is perfect. Joshua knew that God, when he calls and when he commissions, it's always on point because God sees things in complete, perfect perspective. That he knows what he's doing, that ultimately his timing is perfect. That he wants the best for his people, for the person he's calling, and his glory. And that's what we see in the text right here. And that gave Joshua courage to do the unthinkable, to take on the leadership, to say, okay, I trust you, God. I know that your timing is perfect. I'm going to do it. You know, when we think of history and we, look, we think of the Bible, the sending of Jesus into this broken world 
was not at the ideal time. You know, Paul talks about this in Galatians chapter 4. If you have your Bible, go there with me. Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. Paul says this, But when the fullness of time had come, in other words, God's timing, God sent forth His Son, Jesus, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as son. If you know a bit about church history, that coming of Jesus was not the right time. It's not ideal. I'll give you four reasons why. The people, their hearts were hardened and they were worshiping idols. So they weren't ready to receive the Messiah. They were worshiping pagan idols. Number two, during that time, they were ruled by a very evil and jealous leader. Anyone who came and he thought that they are a threat, he would destroy them. Not the right time to send your son, God, the Father. And number three, uh, religious persecution was at its highest. So if you were to bow down to anyone other than, say, the Roman Empire, you're dead. Not the right time to be sending your son, God. And number four, children, there was a practice of children sacrifices. Uh, God, if you're going to send your son, don't send him down as a baby, because there's a very high chance that he'll be sacrificed. And so humanly speaking, we go, this is not the right time to be sending down your son, but God says, it's my time. I'm sending my son now because my time is always perfect. I know what I'm doing. For some of us here this morning, what has God been saying to you? What does God want of you? What has He been saying to you during the last few weeks of holidays for this year here? Or are you still saying, no, God, not the right timing? Because I know what's best. I need to tick all these boxes first before I do it. God, my timing, not your timing. But I'm here to say to you, if there's fear facing you, and if God has called you, God's timing is perfect and you can face fear because God knows what He's doing here. You know, when, when we planted Sun Life Church some 12 years ago, as I think about it, as I kind of reflect on the planning of this church here, gee, it was the wrong timing. I had no idea what I was doing. I was very, very young. 19. No. <laughs> Tran and I, we were blessed to have Ollie. It was 20 months. Tran was pregnant with Cameron, who's sitting at the front row today. But we felt God say, you should do this. And you know my story. I was like, God, are you sure? Because I don't really want to do this. I'm very happy doing what I'm doing. But God kept saying, yeah, this is where I want you to be. So I had this conversation with God. God, look, I'm going to do it. And if it's not your will, if it's not what you want me to do, please, please, just don't let me continue after one or two years because I don't want to be wasting your time and I don't want you to waste my time, God. So I'll do it reluctantly. And if it doesn't work, please just let it shut down so I can just move on. And it's been now nearly 12 years. But as I reflect at the timing, it wasn't the right timing. Because I could have said, God, I need to make sure my kids are a bit older. I need to have more bit of financial stability. I need to make sure I know what I'm doing. God, I need some more experience under my wing. But God says, no, this is it. 
And that gave me the courage to do the will of God. For some of you this morning, if you are facing fears, but you've heard the voice of God, you know what God wants of you. I want to encourage you that God's timing is perfect. He knows what He's doing. Maybe it is to reach your unsaved parents and you feel that like, I don't know what to say. I'm not quite sure how to do this. I don't want to mess up this whole gospel talk. But you know God wants you to do it. His timing is perfect. Be courageous. Go for it. He will tell you what to say. He will speak to you. For some of you, maybe it is in the area of leading others. And you feel that, oh, I'm not ready yet. I'm not quite sure whether I can do this. Ah, oh, no, if God has spoken to you, His timing is perfect. He'll give you the courage. Do it. And that's what we see in the text here. Moses heard from God and God says, Arise, go to the other side. That's a word for some of you this morning. This year, arise, get up, go and do it. Go and love someone. Go and lead someone. Go and serve a community. Go and do it. Because if God has spoken to you, my friends, His timing is perfect. And use that as courage to do something different this year. Amen? Number two, God's promises and His presence. Look in verse 3 and 4. He says to Joshua, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I who promised to Moses. From the wilderness to this Lebanon, as far as the great river, Euphrates, you know, the Hittites, the great sea, it's all yours. He's saying, I promise Moses, and I'm promising you. You can have the courage because what I've said in the past, it will come true. You know, just recently, uh, one of my sons, I won't mention who, the one sitting in the front, uh, <laughs> he took a photo of me, and apparently there's all these filters. Yeah, I know. He took a photo of me, and he hasn't shown it to me yet, but apparently there's a filter which makes you look very silly. And he said to me, Dad, can I show you a photo of you? Will you, will you get mad? I said, no. Do you promise? Yes. <laughs> and he, he heard the yes from Dad. He heard that Dad has promised to not get mad. Because I tell you right now, if Dad gets mad, there won't be any dinner for the next week, right? And then he showed me the photo. She was a pretty good looking photo, <laughs> right? But here's my point. When we know the promises of God, it gives us courage to face our fears. Amen. When we know God has promised us that already we can tackle whatever is before us. And that's what we see right here. God gives us promises so that whatever is before us, we can still face it. Amen. Give us the courage. The Word of God is very, very clear. You know, one of the promises of God, if you know the Word of God, is that God promises to comfort us, to give us hope, and even give us joy in the midst of suffering. That's the promise of God, that there is comfort for you, there is hope for you, and even joy in the midst of persecution, hardship, affliction, suffering. God promises that for you, and if you are facing that, and you know the promise of God and there's fear because whatever is before you is uncertain, you can still press on. 
You can still keep walking through that valley. You can still keep trusting God because God promised He'll comfort you. He'll give you hope and even joy. So with the promise of God, whatever's before us, we can just keep pressing on. We can keep moving forward. We can keep facing our fears, facing our uncertainty because of the promise of God. One of my dear friends in the city of Perth is a pastor, you know, dear brother of mine, leading a, a very influential church in Perth, and he emailed me towards the end of last year. He said, hey, Ben, I want you to know this, and it's still uh, very early. Uh, yesterday, my wife and I went to the GP, and uh, I just found out that my wife has uh, cancer, uh, and it's quite aggressive, and it's spread to the body. Ben, would you pray for me? Would you stand with me? And I'm in tears. This is just before Christmas. And then just last week, um, he's told the wider community, he's told his church, and he emails me. And I'll read a bit of his email. And he says to me that, uh, you know, we have felt the presence and the peace of God that defies understanding. We both know that God can use all things for good. And we are still seeing his hand of blessing every day. You know, my friend here uh, has two young children, and, uh, and most of you may know him. Um, it's very, very sad because, uh, you know, it's, it's not looking good for his wife. But look what he wrote down. He says that, you know, we know the peace of God. That's a promise of God. The promise of His peace despite whatever we face. We know that all things can be used for good. Right now, it's not looking good, Bin. We don't like it, but we, we, we know that God in His promise that it can turn out for good and we can still see the hand of His blessing every day. You know, when you know the promise of God for you, whatever you face, whatever fears you face, you can still find courage to face the fear. Amen. And that's how people, Christians, keep following Jesus. That we don't let whatever fear that we face or whatever hardship comes our way stop us from following Jesus. Because we hold to the promises of God, which gives us courage to face our fears, to keep moving forward. But not only that, we also notice here in the text that it's also the presence of God. Because look at verse 5 and verse 9. God says to Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you. In other words, you won't be defeated all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You see that? My presence is with you. I will not leave you, nor I will forsake you. Not only the promises that, that God has promised Moses to Joshua, but also the presence of God to be with him. Look in verse 9 at the very end. He says, Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is what? With you, wherever you go. Can you see that? Knowing that God is with us, we can face whatever is before us. That gives us the courage to keep trusting Him, to keep moving forward. I love it how David... He writes in Psalms 23, a Psalms that most of us would know, in verse 4, he says, Even though I walk through the dark valley of death, because you are with me, your presence 
I will fear no harm. Your rod, your staff, they give me courage. Isn't it wonderful that the presence of God gives us courage to face our fears, to keep trusting Him, to keep being courageous this year? You know, can I share with you uh, something I've learned over the years of ministry? Is that I realize that a lot of the work that I do here is actually through the work of God. Like sometimes I cannot believe that that actually happened. You know, like even like writing a message every week, those who work with me know that sometimes I get quite stretched and I don't know how I pull out a message every week and it just happens. But I do know over the years of ministry, it's actually because God, He's with me and He works in me and through me. Like I still, and I say this, and, and, and you probably think I'm making this up, I still get very nervous when I stand in front of you all. I still do. Every time I get invited to preach at another church, I get very, very nervous. And people think, yeah, you've done it for how many years now? You should be fine. No, I'm still petrified. But I know, you know who's with me? God is with me. I know that when I speak, He's working in me and through me, and He speaks to you through me. And I love that because that gives me courage to keep doing what I do week in and week out, to keep accepting those invitations to speak wherever I speak because ultimately I just trust that His presence gives me courage to do His will. It reminds me of the funny story of a man who, who apparently killed a like, man-eating lion and he had this little Swiss army knife and he had this tail. And he chopped off the tail but he was holding it and says, look what I did. I killed this lion. Here's my Swiss army knife. Here it's his tail. And then one of his friends says, well, why didn't you cut off the head of the lion? That would have been more effective. And he said, well, someone else did that. A lot of times, God, he does all the hard work in us and through us. And we're the one who gets to cut off the tail of the lion and says, look what I did. But really, it's the presence of God working in us and through us for His glory and for the good of those around us. Let me say this to you. If God has called you to do something and you're feeling a bit afraid and there's a bit of fear, you can be courageous because of His promises and also His presence going with you. The Word of God is very clear that He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will strengthen you. He'll do the work in you and through you. And when you realize that what you did was, what? How did I pull that off? You know, you never pulled that off. God did it. Therefore, be humble, be gracious. All glory belongs to Him. Because He's the one doing the work in us. And that's what I have come to learn. And I want to encourage someone here this morning that whatever God has called you, and right now you feel that, wow, I can't do this. Yeah, you probably can't. Yeah, you're not that good. Don't think that you have to wait until you're good. Nah, you're never good. God is good. He's going to be with you. The Word of God tells us that His presence is with you, just like He's with Joshua. He'll get you through this. He'll do the work in you. And when you do it, and when you succeed, and when there's fruitfulness, don't forget, it's Him. Glory belongs to Him. And for some of us here, for some of us here, you, you need to hear this, right? That if you want to see changes in your life, right? If you want to see a year where there is some courage and less fear, if you want to see changes in your life, you've got to start changing. All right? So you can't do the same thing you were doing last year and expect that there will be a difference in this year. Start 
changing this year. Okay? Which means maybe the change is to keep depending upon God's presence to do the work that you are going to do. Amen? Start praying more. Maybe before you even serve, God, will you just help me to do this? Because I know I can't do this. I'm actually quite afraid. But I know in your word that you promised to be with me, that you never leave me. So God, will you help me? Will you strengthen me? Start with a prayer like that. Do something different. For some of you, maybe, maybe you just got to just do something. You know, God has been telling you to lead someone or serve somewhere and you're still going, I can't do this because I'm so afraid I might mess up. I don't want to ruin what God is doing here. No, we're all messed up. No one's perfect here. You want to do something different? Do something different. But then depend upon His presence to get you through. Amen? So that presence of God, the promises of God, gives us courage to face our fear. And number three, here's the last thing here, is God's powerful word. Look in verse 8. He says, this book of the law. So in those days, this is, you know, like God's word is not the complete Bible back then. It's mainly the first few books, the Pentateuch. All right. Uh, And so he says, shall not depart from your mouth. All right. But you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written it. All right. And then you see prosperity and then you see good success. When the text talks about you should never depart from your mouth. What, what that means is that you should be in the Word of God. Like you open up your Bible and as you read the Word of God, you may read it out loud as you speak the Word of God, as you begin to meditate and ponder and study. It should always be in your mouth. That every time you speak, you're actually speaking the very words of God because you've been in the Word of God. Yeah? As you pray, you should pray the Word of God because you're in the Word of God. You know, as you encourage people, you should encourage people with the Word of God because you're in the Word of God. All right? And so what we see in the text here is that we, as people who belong to God, should take the same approach. That if we want to be courageous this year, we should have to continue to read the Word of God, study the Word of God, meditate on the Word of God, and let God speak to us to encourage us to be courageous. A lot of people say to me, I, I don't hear God. I haven't heard God for a long time. Let me give you a secret. God speaks to us through His Word. You want to hear God? Read His Word. That's Him speaking to you through His Word. If you're not hearing God, ask yourself the question, have I been reading God's Word? Have I been meditating on God's Word? Have I been studying God's Word? Have I been praying out God's Word? If the answer is no, that's the reason why. But if you want to hear God, Read His Word. He speaks to us through His Word. And I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying that God won't speak to you through a vision or a dream or someone else or creation. Yes, He does. But the primary source of God speaking to His people is actually through His Word. And if you hear me long enough, you know that by now, that we are a church that loves the Word of God. We believe that every time we come into the Word, God speaks to us that God's Word is alive. It's living. It's active. The Apostle Paul says this. You know this verse? 2 Timothy 3.16. You know this verse? All Scripture, everything is God-breathed. It's from God. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. 
If you want to be courageous, get in the Word of God. Do you know why? He'll speak to you more and He'll encourage you more. That's how you become courageous. The Word of God is not something we should open up once a week. Sadly, I don't know the statistics, but sadly, a lot of Christians, the only time we open up the Word of God is 10 o'clock on Sunday when the pastor tells us to open up the Word of God. That's if we belong to a church that preaches the Bible. And I want to encourage you this year here, you want to be more courageous? Don't let the Word of God depart your mouth. Read your Word. Read it daily. Have a... You know, like Simon's not here because he's away, because he's on holidays. Last year, he, he was committed to read the Bible for one year. And I asked him, did you do it? He said, I did it. Wow. And I said, what are you doing this year? I'm going to read again. Yeah. What a champion. I asked another person, I'm going to read it, but backwards. I said, what do you mean backwards? No, 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 no from, 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 from Revelation to Genesis. I said, oh, that's better. Read the Word of God. Get into it. Hebrews 4, the author of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the Word of God is living. It's alive and it's active. Sharper than a two-edged sword. Piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, the joints and of marrow. Discerning the thoughts and intention of the heart. We should read it. Amen. And as we read it, God speaks to us. And you know what God says? He says, you want to be courageous? My timing is perfect. Do you want to be courageous? I promise you this. You want to be courageous? My presence is with you. The more we read His Word, the more He speaks to us, the more it confirms in our heart that we can be courageous. Not because of ourselves, but because of God. Let me finish off by looking again in verse 8 of this morning's text. God says, So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. You see that? To do according to all that is written in it. There is an obedience connected to hearing God. We are called to obey. Amen? Like, I don't know what God has been saying to you as we studied the word this morning, but... Please don't let it go through one ear and out the other ear. Oh, oh, that was funny. That was nice. That was engaging. Thanks for the talk. No, but rather, actually, what's God saying? What's God telling you? And what are you doing about it? That's how you grow in your courage. He says, do according to all that is written. Not some, all that is written. And there'll be moments in life where you read it, and you're going, everyone's got their hands up, but not me. Or I'm the only one with my hand up and no one else. That's when the rubber hits the road. That's when you can say, no, I stand firm on the Word of God. That's when courage kicks in. Because I know exactly what God wants of me and I'm going to do it. For the young people, the young people, you live in a world where the world is discipling you with your phone, with your tablets. The world is already telling you how to behave. The world is already telling you who to follow. The world is already telling you what you should do with your life. The world is telling you meanings of sexuality and marriage and gender and identity. The world is already discipling you on your phones. As your pastor, as your 
spiritual father in the Lord. Be discipled by the word of God. Get into the word of God. Let God give you courage that comes from Him and not from yourself, not from what people are saying, not from what these influences are saying, not from what the world is saying, but what God is saying to you through His Word. And live courageously and be countercultural. We are in the world, but not of the world. Amen. Be bold to say, No, this is what I stand for. And I may be the only one with my hand up but I'm going to stand firm to the Word of God. That's courage. But that's not going to come unless you're discipled by God through His Word. Amen. So my encouragement to us all as a community, walk in courage this year. If there is fear facing you, remember those three points from the text. Number one, that God's timing, oh, it's perfect. Amen. His perfect timing. When he tells you, do it, it's going to be okay. Number two, his promises, his presence, never leave you. And number three, oh, his powerful, living, active word. Get into it. God use, you know, his word to speak to us. And may God grow you in your area of courage as you bring glory to him and good to those around you. Amen? Let me pray for us all. Father, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you that we can start this year with just wanting to be courageous. Courageous in yeah, following you. Courageous in loving people. Courageous in reaching people. Courageous in being countercultural. Courageous in being followers of Jesus Christ that we want to be yeah, identified with you and nothing else. We want the world to know that we belong to you. We follow you. You're our joy. You're our everything. So God, I pray, God, that your word goes forth. Your word penetrates the heart of all those who are listening here at Leaderville and those in line. I pray, God, that we are not just hearers, but we are doers and we're obedient. And this year here, 2023, be a year of courage as we begin to love more people reach more people welcome more people yeah God we thank you so much for what you're doing here yeah we pray for this church in 2023 that we're not just a community that gathers on Sunday but we actually meet up during the week that we build really healthy genuine friendship amongst one another that we do life together that we encourage each other yeah thank you God for what you're doing and I believe the best is yet to come I believe that it's an exciting season for this church. Yeah. Bless us. In Jesus' name. Amen.